Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us on Tragedy Plus Time. Everything's fine. I am your host, Summershine. This is a Rogue Media Network production. On this podcast, we're going to explore the deep wounds of tragedy, the way folks just like you survived said tragedy, and the nuances that we reflect on that now make us laugh. We're going to laugh, we're going to cry, and we're going to hear stories of profound survival, even when it didn't seem like it was possible. Sit back, buckle up, and get ready for the ride. Thanks for tuning in again to Tragedy Plus Time, Everything's Fine, a Rogue Media Network production. I am your co-host, Summer Shine, and this is my lovely co-host, Chrissy Rivers. Yo, yo, what up? <laughs> What's happening, girl? That, How are you? That was a silly, introdu- silly introduction of myself. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty darn good. I can't complain. I mean, I technically could complain, but then I think about um, real in the world and I'm like, "Mm, I should just shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, do you feel me? me? Yeah, I do. I do. I definitely do. And I'm, I keep trying to remind myself, you know, that I'm grateful for a lot of things. I have a lot of blessings and, you know, don't be, don't be the stereotypical militant black woman, Chrissy. But I am struggling with that because the world is on fire. I know, <laughs> girl. I know. I know it is. And I am watching you closely, uh, mostly because I'm in love with you. I think we all know this. I think it's all been very apparent. Uh, I, I Like last night when I, or maybe it was this morning when I sent you text messages and was like, Let's forget all men and be together. Yeah. Um, like yeah, that, that would be a clear indication that I'm basically with you. Uh, but I watch you a lot also because you have such a strong voice. You have a strong voice in a soft tone that is easy for me to, me to listen to. Um, and I think easy for, we've talked about this, for the evangelical church to listen to and for um, people of color to listen to and for people in recovery to listen to. And so you just have this magical, you're like the people whisperer. Well, that's a really nice thing to say. I think that that's probably the people who I'm allowing to listen to me because I'm continually shutting people out that I've feel like I can't have a conversation with, um, you know, but I thank you. And I do think um, it's a, you know, as long as we're covering it right here at the top, it's a, 
it's a great thing to do to reach out to you know your black and brown friends your um, LGBTQIA friends and you know make sure that everybody's okay because yeah it's um you know we we and uh, you know what and our white friends also like all of our hearts are hurting and so yes it can yes. never ever hurt to reach out to the people that you know and just make sure that everybody's doing okay because it is called for you know that's right that's right you know and uh my I, my sponsor and i you know i'm in a 12-step program and uh sponsorship is part of that 12-step program and uh my sponsor and i have been talking a lot recently about um that our that our concern our care and our concern should go to the person who is suffering, the addict or the alcoholic who is still suffering. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's not the newcomer. Right. Sometimes that's the person who's been sitting in the room for 20 years. Yeah. And, um, and I think that right now we're in a climate where we just need to be checking on each other all the time. Here, here. Amen, friend. That's yeah. right. I yeah. love that. Mm -hmm. Well, we have a super special guest today. Um, she is one of my very favorite people in the whole, um, as I just stated, I am in a 12 step recovery program. Um, I suffer from addiction and alcoholism. Um, I now have almost seven years sober. Um, but I was able to meet this person, um, in the, in a 12 step program. And um, we, you and I in particular, Chrissy, have been talking recently because it is Pride Month um, mm -hmm. about the extra, um, the extra struggles that, um, well, that people of color, we've been talking about that a lot too, that people of color um, suffer in 12-step programs, but also um, people who are LGBTQIA. Yes. And, um, and so this month, last week, we were able to address, you know, we talked with Q um, about some of the um, Black issues that are going on right now. And this week, um, we are bringing in um, our friend, Charlie, who I'm actually just going to let Charlie introduce herself. How about that? Oh, that's great. We love Charlie. So hi, yeah. Charlie. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, how are you? So good. Good. Awesome. My name is Charlie and I am a recovering alcoholic. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. I could not do it. I mean. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, let's see, does Chrissy say anything here? <laughs> that was good. Mm -hmm. Also. Oh, also, I am a transgender woman. How old are you? I just turned 30 this year. You turned 30 this year. And how long do you have sober? Um, about a year and a, about a year and a couple of weeks. Awesome. Very cool. That's amazing. Um, so, oh, I have so many questions. Let me, okay, let me you, start. you start, you start. <laughs> I was just going to ask when, when did you start transitioning? You've been sober for a year and a half, right? So is that a, an, a is that a okay question? Charlie? Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. the person that you have to like school on what is and is inappropriate. And I need you oh. to know 
this is a safe space for you to do that. Okay. Of course. No, of course. I'm, I'm an open book and I'm here to answer any questions that anyone has. Um, so I can shed my light on it, you know, um, in my perspective on situations. Okay. So how long have you been transitioning? So how long have you been transitioning? Um, I want to say, um, <clears throat> so I've been, I've been sober for about a year and a half, uh, about a year and a half. About a year and like a week or two, um, but I've been transitioning um, since I've been in my addiction, um, and that's gonna be so about maybe two years. But um, <clears throat> when, uh, but once I started my my recovery process, um, I kind of stopped until about a month or two ago, and so then um, about two months ago, I restarted my transitioning, and I am now fully accepting of my transgenderness. Um, I am fully accepting that I am a woman um, inside of a man's body. And I am starting the process as we speak. <clears throat> Absolutely. And you're a beautiful woman. Can we just talk about how ah. pretty Charlie is? <laughs> my goodness, you are gorgeous. I'm always like, does Charlie have to come out with us? She's prettier than I am. <laughs> Whatever, it takes about two hours for me to transform, so. <laughs> well, me too, Charlie, me too, baby. <laughs> Not me. I woke up like this. <laughs> my my best friend will be like, "What time are you coming over?" And I'm like, mm, "Let me, you know, that depends on if I sit under the dryer or if I blow dry my hair. That's gonna be <laughs> exactly." Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, so you started your transition a couple of years ago, but then you said um, once you started the recovery process, mm -hmm. you kind of put a hold on it. Can you talk a little bit about why? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, um, long story short, um, I grew up in a really religious home when I was younger. <clears throat> um, my mom was um, a wholehearted believer in um, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and God, and the whole trifecta. Um, so that was very um, hard. Uh, I knew I was uh, a transgender girl since I was, like, very small. Um, so I, I knew that I was different. Um, and, I, and I remember I, I told my mom one day that I, was, uh, that I wanted to be a girl. Um, and, I, and I was fairly small. And I remember my mom uh, slapped me um, and was like, don't ever bring that up to her again, you know? Um, and so that kind of like imprint on my life, you know, where God stood. And um, in my whole life, I kept hearing that God like didn't love me because I was gay and didn't love me because I was trans. So um, back to um, about a year ago, I, I started to be sober, and so the um, so I had to use God as a stepping um, as a stepping stool to get sober, you know. Um, so then I was trying to give up my sexuality as like how do you say it? Like trading it in for my sobriety kind of thing, you know. I was like, God, I was like, I give you this, you know, and I give a you bargaining this. tool. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was a bargaining tool, and I was like, well, um, I give you my sexuality, and I want to be sober, you know. Um, so it's I, I'm kind of tickled by it because I came to the realization about a couple of months ago that God loves me regardless, you know, um, and God yeah. made me who I am, you know, um, and all that good stuff. So it was just, it was very hard 11 months. I'm sorry, I just said, yes, ma'am, he does. She yes. does. Oh. <laughs> God loves you. <laughs> yes, 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 he does. And it, that's kind of something that um, I've been just wanting to be vocal about, you know, because there's a lot of people out there who believe that their sexuality is so tarnished, you know, but in reality, it's something beautiful. 
and unique. You know, everyone's unique in their own way. Yeah. Absolutely. Man, you know, Charlie, I spend a lot of time in churches and um, I'm struggling. I'm over here struggling with what you just said, you know, because yeah. it's, it's really, it's heartbreaking, you know. Um, I, I have friends in the religious community who would say, I think, something like, well, we're not saying God doesn't love you. We're saying God hates sin. And I would say back to that, there's, there, when you say that to someone about their um, sexuality, you know, um, or their gender, there's not a differentiation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. And especially for a little kid, you know? And that message is just, it's so broken. It's so yeah. broken. And it turns so many people away from God at a really impressionable age and changes everything, you know? That's right. I absolutely agree with you. And I, I think, um, you know, I always say to people, um, how are you winning people to Christ? What are you doing to win people to Christ? And um, the the picketers, you know, who are standing across the street from the abortion clinic aren't doing Christ-like things. I I cannot remember a time in in the New Testament where Jesus was standing across from an abortion clinic or a tax collector's office screaming at them. Yeah. Side. He was inside loving them. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you have a year and a couple of weeks sober and you got sober in a pretty small community. Oh, yes. Very small community. Very Mm Baptist-y. Low population, 120,000 people. Yes. Yeah. Small recovery community. Small recovery community and small LGBTQ community. Extremely small LGBTQ community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matter of fact, um, I don't know that I know any other trans women in that town at all. Oh, yeah. I have known in the past, but they always move away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they do. That's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. They move away and have to find a a different happiness that they can't find in their own home. Right. Where their families are and they grew up. Exactly. Right. Right. So, can we talk a little bit about what kind of struggle you had when you started trans? You, you started back transitioning uh, about a month and a half ago, don't you think, or two yeah. months ago? Yeah. And at the time, you lived in a men's sober living house. Yes. And one day, you walked downstairs mm-hmm. in high heels, a mini skirt, yes. a wig, and full makeup. Of course. Of course. You, you have to do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and oh, nails. Let me just say that. And oh. nails. Will you tell us a little bit about the struggles of trans and being in recovery? Um, some of the struggles. Um, okay. Um, being trans uh, in recovery. Well, in recovery, it's all about the fellowship. You know, it's all about being able to um, lean on your brothers and sisters for love and understanding. Um, And everyone gets 
the alcoholic, you know, part and the addict part. But sometimes it's it's really hard to um, mesh whenever someone doesn't can't relate to you on a personal, intimate level. You know, um, and it's and, and it's a little hard sometimes because I have all these. Uh, I'm I'm not saying that I'm unique um, in the addict and alcoholic way, but um, I do have a different perspective on sexuality that someone else you know, that straight doesn't have, you know, um, and especially, especially living in a male sobriety house. First, I want to um, say that I am thankful to have been in that situation, you know, because God allowed me to um, and to be able to love and, and form new loves in that house, you know, but um, being a, a transgender in recovery, um, when I came to realization <clears throat> that I was a transgender woman and that God loved me and accepted me, all I wanted to do was to rejoice in it, you know, and be so proud and be so happy in it. Um, and it kind of wasn't reciprocated at the house that I lived in, you know, um, and frowned upon or wasn't like, you know, talk, I wasn't talked bad about it. It's just, I couldn't celebrate with someone about it, you know? Right. Um, I lived with the whole, uh, uh, like an older crowd, you know? Um, so it was a little bit like distasteful, I guess, you know, and they never said it, but their mannerisms and their demeanor said it, you know, like for them. Um, so I wish um, that I could have other trans sisters in the recovery process as well, because um, I could talk to them about how it feels to go through certain um, certain things that I can't talk to another person about, like the, the comments, um, especially in the small town that I'm from, um, there's like the other day a restaurant, um, and I had to and I had to use the I had to use restroom, and um, and I used the used the male's restroom. I'm out of respect. Um, and there was this there was a guy in there who was just being very disrespectful. He uh, he was cussing at me, um, and that's just something that I really it's hard to confide in another person, you know. Um, especially someone who does, especially another male who doesn't understand how it is to get shamed for his sexuality, you know, male or female. Um, so that's a little bit of those struggles. Yeah. Wow. That's awful. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, um, I'm, um, I'm over here trying to process, you know, what that would feel like just yes. needing to go to the bathroom like that being a you know yes exactly and it's in the whole bathroom thing it's like it's hard because like you're a trans woman you know um so like i still question that sometimes you know like do i use the female restroom do i use the male restroom like you know like will people matter am i making a bigger deal than it is you know mm -hmm. um but yesterday it showed me that it does matter you know um that this was yesterday yeah, yeah, it was. It was actually, you know, Charlie came to visit me, and I'm I'm from Charlie's hometown, but I am in Chrissy's hometown, what, most, what? kind of, uh, for the summer, and it was here, Chrissy. It was here. Aren't you surprised? Uh, no, surprised. I'm angry, but not surprised. Yeah. You know, well, I because was angry too. I was angry too, and sweet Charlie would not point out who it was. Um, so that I could follow them into the parking lot because that was my intention. I said, just just point to who it is. I'm not going to make a scene, restaurant, but I am going to follow yeah. them out. Um, I'm not going to be violent or anything. Know. I'm just going to explain to them why they're the bad word we can't say on the podcast. Yeah, yes. right, right. 
Right. Yeah. You know, well, and, and you know what was really cool is we had this interaction happen yesterday. And then today uh, we were out shopping. Oh, yeah. And Charlie had to go to the bathroom. And we were all kind of like, oh, do we go with her? Do we not go with her? Well, she had to go. And the rest of us were getting our lotion on at, at Bath and Body Works. And so she walked down to Target. And lo and behold, we get to Target, and there, Target has a unisex bathroom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's just give Target a round of applause. Yeah. And I even said, after she had walked away, I said to our other friends, I went, oh my God, did she just go by herself? And they said, yeah. And I was like, there was a controversy at Target. Yeah. There was a bathroom controversy at Target. There was. And, and they handled it well. They handled it well by putting in unisex bathrooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, actually. I'm Becca. And I'm Josie. And, and we're, we're your, your judges. judges. And this is by the cover. No, wait. Do you want us to? Oh, shit. Okay, we'll try it again. Okay. Hi, I'm Becca. And I'm Josie. And, and we're, we're your, your judges. judges on By the Cover, a new podcast. Yeah, we're a talk show. God, we're a Josie. Yeah, we're a comedy talk show centered around Amazon book review culture. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are. All the We're places. There. You can't hide from us. Anyway, listen to our show. We're going to be funny. We're going to be talking about books, and it's going to be great. Yay! Promo over. Hello, I'm Ann Harder. Central Texas Living has found a new home on the Rogue Media Network in a podcast. Join me each week as I talk to a new guest from our community that you may know or have always wanted to. We'll talk about exciting events, progress, changes in our little part of the world, and much more. And if you've got people you'd love to hear from on the podcast, just drop me a line at ann at roguemedianetwork.com. The show you've loved over the years on television is now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe today, and we'll see you next time on Central Texas Living. Um, you know, I, I, I do not, I do not, I'm not one of those people that says that recovery is the struggle. Um, I think getting dope every day is the struggle and f figuring out how you're going to, you know, get your alcohol every day. I think I, that is the struggle. Recovery is, um, yeah, recovery um, has its own set of issues, but I'm not one of those people that holds true that recovery is the hardest thing to do. But um, there is, um, there is an additional struggle whenever you are trying to trade in a thing that is a part of you for your recovery. You know, whenever you're saying, I have to hang up this part of myself so that I can be recovered. And in the small community that you live in, it's kind of how you felt. Yeah, um, exactly. And I think now you're kind of paving the way for other people yeah. in that community to be able to have a voice, people that look like you and act like you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Which is me. I look and act like you. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what, Charlie? I don't know if you knew this, but um, this episode came about um, after Summer and I were having a conversation. I called her and was like, "This." And I'm walking through my neighborhood, and um, there was uh, a trans woman who approached me, and 
she'd been living on the streets and you could tell, you know, um, her wig was in bad shape and, um, you know, she was, after we talked for a little while, she was, um, on drugs and, you know, wanted to get clean, but she was homeless. And, um, and also this was the height of coronavirus, you know, it's like, I mean, today is the height of coronavirus, but you know, it was like we were in lockdown. Um, and so I was real nervous about close contact with any stranger, you know, particularly when I didn't, I knew it was on drugs and stuff, you know, but yeah. um, we ended up staying uh, outside and talking for a while. And she was telling me, you know, like her, just her, her story and her struggle. And so I left there um, and wasn't really able to do much for her in the moment because everything I could think of to tell her, everywhere I could send her was very sex specific. Right. Um, and, and then I got home and it just, it fired me up. It pissed me off so bad. I'm like, wait, where, when this happens again, where do I tell someone to go? You know, who's helping, um, you know, like the entire queer community to, you know, to get help. Where does a trans person go um, right. to live? And, you know, it just, it sort of, it still obviously sits with me in a funky way. And um, I don't know. I, so I don't know what your, what your initial, you know, stint in recovery was like, if you had to find a sober living or a, a rehab or whatever. And um, if you did, how did you handle that? How did they, how did they treat you? Uh, and do you know of any places, do you guys know, I've got some that we can actually list, we can send to Rogue Media and have them list for us. Yeah, we okay. do too, yeah, we do too. Okay. The sad part is they're all in the DFW area. Yeah. And, and, and maybe in Houston, DFW is just where I'm familiar with. Mm -hmm. But Charlie, tell, talk about your experience in treatment. Okay. Um, so um, I had contact with my sponsor at the time. She was amazing. Um, it was at 10 in the morning <laughs> and I was just, I was just so through with, um, with my life, you know, mm. uh, it was like eating up my soul. Like I had no soul, you know? Um, so I called, I called her and four days later, we had, we were on our way to Dallas. Um, she helped, she helped me get into rehab. Um, so my experience there, uh, it was, it was a little difficult because, um, I was trying to go into the gay side because I was afraid of being in the men's side, you know? Um, but long and behold, I ended up getting stuck in the men's side <laughs> because like, um, they didn't have any openings, um, and statewide. So then, um, so I ended up staying in the men's and it was very, it was, it was, it was very scary, you know, to be, um, to put your trust in complete strangers, you know, and especially in a system that I've never knew before, you know, I've never been in recovery. I didn't know what was, um, like all I knew from my past was that men were abusive, men were vulgar, men, um, wanted to make a man out of a punk, you know? Um, men weren't my friends, you know, from my stepdad to my brothers to the neighborhood kids to um, lived with, you know, um, in a general sense. So I was terrified, you know, <laughs> and my sponsor was like, well, you have to do this to get sober, you know. 
Um, so, and she was like, do you trust God? And I was like, yes, you know? Um, and when I tell you, like, that was like the biggest leap of faith that I've ever took in my entire existence to um, get a better life. I took it, you know? <clears throat> um, so while I was in treatment, it was a, uh, it was it was really difficult, especially um, trying to um, get off of alcohol and drugs. You know, um, the men were. Uh, I made some good friends, and for the most part, most of them were accepting. You know, um, especially the faculty worked with me. <clears throat> um, the only really problems I had were from the LGBT community there. You know, um, that was that was the shocking part. That um, wait, what? Say that yeah. Again? Uh, it was the LG, I had the only problems that I had was with the LGBT community there, like in, um, in rehab, you know. Um, Why? I, I I don't know. It's like to be honest, jealousy. Oh yeah, and they were jealous just because I was in the men's side and they weren't, you know. And um, it was just a lot of envy and jealousy and just a lot of which I think is kind of the you know I I am I'm a. I'm what you call a fruit fly. So I have lots of gay friends, lots of gay male friends. Um, and an ongoing theme for mm. men, gay men, is that other gay men are very catty. Yeah. And course. so there is like this, this competition. The stigma. Or, or jealousy or, you know, uniqueness, terminal. So... Wow. That's, you know what, that sounds to me, I mean, I can only relate things back to my personal, personal experience, but it sounds a lot like black women. Right. Yes. <laughs> the you know, same as, stuff, you yes, know, as we were kind of talking through you and I talking through what we wanted this episode to look like in last week's episode and next week's episode. Um, I saw a lot of the same themes of the, I, I, I have white privilege and I also have heterosexual privilege. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Cause I saw a lot of those same ongoing themes um, and prejudice really. Mm. So, yeah. And I think that there's this like mentality among amongst any minority community because where um, I'm gonna say we, cause I'm just gonna lump myself in. Um, we feel like we're competing for limited resources because yes. the, the majority has the, the access and the approval and the privilege. And, you know, so for me, like I'm, you know, we talked about this last week with Q, but I'm a light skinned black woman and I'll, I have had, you know, lots of run-ins with, um, other black women, you know, especially being biracial. And uh, I'm listening to you, Charlie, and I'm thinking, wow, that sounds really similar. Like everybody's afraid that if you aren't, when you're usually the only one in the scenario where you're not the only one, suddenly you have to like fight for your place for recognition, yes. you know? Yes. Yeah. Like, instead of it, like, what really made me mad about the situation was that you see two minority groups, and instead of them trying to help one another out, they were tearing each other down, you know? Yeah. And I was like, and I was, and I was drawn to the gay community, um, and, 
in rehab because I was like, I'm going to fit in here the most, you know, and I'm going to be like friends with them the most. And of course, like they're going to accept me, like it's going to be so much fun. And it was a total opposite. And I got more love and um, tolerance out of the opposite sex, you know, um, and especially the workers that were there made it so much more better and easier. Um, it was it was close to a night. <laughs> um, yeah, I believe that. That's super well, fascinating. Um, I've really enjoyed being able to talk so openly with you about this. In our in our time together, we've known each other for a year and a half, two years now, and um, you've always been so honest and open, and have the ability to just kind of share your story in a way that makes everybody feel connected to you. Yeah, and I love that about you. Thank you. And I'm really grateful that you're going to stay in your small community, and you give the way for other trans women, so that you can build a community there. Yes, I am, and I am happy. I am more than happy to be a part of something greater than myself. Yes. Um, to be able to look at someone else in the face and show them that they are allowed to love themselves for who they are means the world to me. I wish someone told me that. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, even if they're, if, even if they are 30, sexuality, you know, like being able to say, it's okay that you've been through this, but it's also okay to get the fuck up and dust yourself off and become something better than you could ever imagine. Yes. So. Amen, amen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> ma'am. I just love you both so much. Chrissy, mm. you know, I have- Can a, I ask I one more question? question? Oh yeah, ask one more question. Yes, I'm I just sorry. wanna ask one more question. I'm so sorry. Um, but Charlie, what has it been like? I don't know um, what your sponsor would think about this question, <laughs> but I'm not your sponsor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what has it been like and have you dated? much and what does that look like sober trans dating in a small town in texas charlie has one year and two weeks so charlie stayed celibate for one year one year exactly (laughs) like on the team oh so two weeks ago you 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 unleashed the beast is that what you're saying yeah got kicked out of her sober house and everything so i really love this topic um i really like this question like thank you so much for it it gets me to be able to share some um, light on here um it's complicated you know um god why are you trying to make me cry um it's uh it's hard figuring out who you are you know um, much less adding another factor in your life, such as love, you know, um, it's hard, you know, um, this is my first time ever coming out as a trans woman and trying to date as a trans woman, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I've learned my lesson that, uh, whenever you do date someone, you have to be completely honest with who you are, you know, um, but it's hard because it's like, like, how do you, how do you tell someone, like, it's hard enough me as a gay man to find a man who isn't interested in a man, you know? Mm-hmm. So adding uh, a trans, a man who like, uh, who feels comfortable in women's clothing, wears makeup, wears accessories, uh, you know, to find another man who likes him for who he is, is even harder, you know? It's like, do I wear or that says, I like men, you know? I like mm-hmm. straight men do like how do I, I don't even know how to you know it's it's super complicated and Chrissy 
at <laughs> six and a half years sober for me. And how many years sober for you? 13? Uh, 12 and a half, but I don't yeah, know what I'm doing. I was going to say, me and you haven't figured it out yet either. We're still, I'm seriously contemplating dating you. So, <laughs> I mean, um, at this, at this point, I feel like we are each other's best option. You know, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. I posted um, a long Instagram story last night. Like, I'll I know, know I it. I, I'm pretty sure that like, I thought I was ready for this. And by the time I finished my Instagram story, I'm like, you know, was that 45, 60 seconds later? I'm like, no, I just want to eat egg rolls and watch movies. This yep. <laughs> Same. We all do. We all do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that we are rounding out of our time. And yeah. um, I'm grateful that you, Charlie, thanks for being on the show. Thank and you. As always, I love you, Chrissy. I love you um, too. And a big shout out and thank you, of course, to Rogue Media Network. Go check them out on Instagram and Facebook. They yes. have lots of other um, podcasts. Really awesome. So, all right. Love you, girl. Love you, too. Love you, Charlie. You keep being amazing, okay? Thank you. Love you as well. Breaking news. The world's premier superhero team, the Super Squad, has announced their retirement. Major world leaders are demanding a replacement team immediately to protect us from the threat of future supervillains. Due to a lack of response, we are having open tryouts. Superpowers not required. Teams interested in the position must sign up and complete the superhero identity test as well as its many challenges. Qualified teams must exhibit high levels of the following. Teamwork, adaptability, communication, intellect, and perseverance. Superhero Tryout is a massive citywide event blending the concepts of the amazing race with the elements of the escape room craze. Escape rooms place you in an immersive experience where you must work together in a group ranging from two to 10 players to escape the scenario or complete the task at hand in less than 60 minutes. When you ask, Sunday, June 28th, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Where? 711 Washington Avenue, Waco, Texas, 76701, and locations around Waco to be announced. Adults, $40 per ticket. Kids, 7 to 12, $30 per ticket. Kids, 6 and under, are free. Teams can be as large or as small as you would like. It's recommended that your team be able to fit in one vehicle to truly work together in a collaborative effort. If your team is larger, make sure you can communicate often with teammates in different vehicles. Tickets are selling fast. Book as soon as possible because a sellout is expected. Assemble your team and register now. No cancellations or refunds. Booking can be transferred to another person if needed. Each participant will need to bring a valid ID. There will be a mixture of driving and walking portions of the game throughout the city. This is a family-friendly event. Families are encouraged to play together. All of the puzzles and places are kid-friendly. Each participant will be required to sign a waiver at registration. All players must present an ID at registration. Superhero Tryout, City Escape 2020.
For more information, call 254-294-7550. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.